Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We honor you, God, for your presence in this place. God, we thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy that has kept us. God, we ask you now, God, that you find us wherever we are. God, we thank you, God, that you you sit high and you look low. God, your eyes are on all the affairs of men. So, God, just as you see my situation, you see my wife's situation, just As you see my situation, you see my friend's situation. So God, we thank you for that, that your eyes are on all the affairs of men. Now God, as you see what we're dealing with, be detailed in your response to us, God, we pray. God, we don't need a generic word this morning, God, but we need a detailed word. God, there's somebody struggling with addiction this morning that needs a detailed word. God, there's somebody that is trying to cope with the loss of a loved one this morning. They need a detailed word. God, there's somebody on the the brink of suicide that needs a detailed word. Speak to our hearts, God, we pray. And if you speak, God, all else will be satisfied. We love you and adore you. And every heart that believes said, thank God, and amen. Hallelujah. It's so good to see everybody this morning. So grateful that you chose to tune in with so many churches that are doing live broadcasts. You could be anywhere this morning. So I'm grateful for your presence on this morning. I want to culminate this series that I've been on. So wherever you find yourselves, if you find yourselves in your living room, in your bedroom, I want you to stand up with the word of God in your hand. I want you to go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And I want us to look at verses 4 through 9. Philippians chapter 4. Reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Bible declares this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8 says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. I want to look at verse number 6 and 7 again. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I I want to minister from this subject, the refuge of peace. Refuge of peace. Uh, Contrary to what we believe, 
Our peace is not troubled by our problems that happen in our life, but our peace is troubled by how we handle the problems of life. I hope y'all caught what I just said. It's not the problems that happen in our life, but it's how we handle the problems of our life. Many, to include believers, say things like this as it pertains to the issues of life. If it ain't one thing, it's another. I, I, I just can't catch a break. Yet our association with Christ does not guarantee the absence of crisis. Your association with Christ does not guarantee the absence of crisis. Problems are inevitable, but here's the good news. So should be our peace. Oh, that's good news to me that problems in life are inevitable, but so should be my peace. And here's the good news. We can have problems in life and still walk in the peace of life. Uh, it's critical to know that we're reminded throughout scriptures that as believers, at some point, life will challenge you. That's John 16, 33. At some point, life will crush you. That's Psalm 34, 19. And at some point, life will make us cry. That's Matthew 24 and 8. I don't know about you, but just as the old folks say, just keep on living. At some point, life is going to challenge you. At some point, life will crush you. And at some point, life will make you cry. And hear this, life knows how to challenge us to crush us and to make us cry continually I, I, I know we may not like it but life knows how to do that and it's in an attempt to compromise our peace this is why Jesus admonishes believers in John 16, 33, in light of the challenges of life, in light of the crushing in life, and in light of the cries as a result of life, the Bible says, Jesus says, take heart. And herein lies the problem with why many believers fail to find peace in the face of problems is because we allow the problems of life to overtake our hearts rather than taking heart. In other words, many of us fail to find this refuge in peace. And here's the good news. There's a place of shelter. There's a place of security. And there's a place of safety for the hearts of God's people in peace. Ooh, that's good news. No matter what situation life presents me, God says, I have a shelter for you. God says, I have security for you. God says, I have safety for you. And it's found in my peace. It's not to say that problems don't hurt, but problems, when we have peace, won't harm us. Did y'all hear what I just said? I'm not saying that problems don't hurt, but God says when you find refuge in my peace, the problems of life won't harm us. That's good news that we can find refuge and peace because hear this, where there is no refuge in the heart for God's people, people to include believers have committed suicide. Somebody say, I need refuge. Uh, so believers have succumbed to a deck addiction. Somebody say, I need refuge. And many believers have been defeated by depression because they failed to find refuge and peace. I need refuge. And this is why it's imperative as believers to find our refuge in peace. Because our refuge in peace is determined how we respond to what attempts to trouble our peace. Uh, I hope y'all heard what I just said. This is where we find Paul instructing the church uh, 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 as it attempts um, their peace to be troubled. 
it's important to note that he ends Philippians 1, reminding the church at Philippi that there will be suffering in Christ. And then he opens up in Philippians 4 by encouraging them that there is yet solace in the midst of crisis. In other words, peace. In other words, solace should always accompany the believer despite their suffering. No matter the level of suffering that I experience on this journey, God says that solace or my peace should accompany you. It is the solace of God that ultimately protects the believer from suffering. Suffering should never take us out in this refuge and peace. It's just not a benefit for the journey, but it's required for the journey. Somebody needs to put that in the comment box. I need refuge and peace because our failure to find refuge on the journey will cause us to not finish our journey. We need refuge and peace. And Paul reveals how we obtain our refuge and peace. My prayer this morning is that we pursue peace so that in all situations, we encounter along this journey that we find peace. So let us, let us examine our text. I want us to look at verse number six. And I want us to look at the first portion of verse number six. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. I want us to stop right there. Our, our, our personal perception is our key to peace. I want you to hear me. Uh, and herein lies the reason why anxiety attacks our ability to have peace, because Anxiety is birthed out of viewing our life through the lens of the enemy. I want you to stay with me. In other words, we view our life void of faith, void of fulfillment, and void of focus. Some of us need to stop letting the enemy speak for us and see for us. I, I, I've, I've got to have a better perception of, uh, of my life, and that's my key to peace. Uh, because when we can't focus our hearts on peace, peace will never be fulfilled. So here's my first point. I've got to forsake anxiety. If you're taking notes, I want you to put that down. Forsake anxiety. This is why our foundational text says, be anxious for nothing. And hear this, this word anxious in our text is not just simply this meaning to mean to be nervous. No, th this word means to be distracted. I think my wife talked about it th um, this morning. This means what you find is determined by where your eyes are fixed. What has your attention in seasons of trouble? I've, I've got to ask myself in seasons of trouble, what has my attention? Because we may not like this, but maybe the reason we found depression is be, instead of peace is because we were distracted. Maybe the reason we find discord instead of peace is because we were distracted. And maybe the reason we found discontentment instead of peace is because we were distracted. Our focus was off, and this is why we must forsake anxiety. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves, how do we forsake anxiety? I know I'm saying forsake these distractions, but how do we do this? It's revealed by where we fix our eyes when life comes to trouble our peace. And this is why the New American Standard Version of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, Charlotte, you didn't know I was going to use this as a supporting scripture. The Bible says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. That means the very reason why many believers are absent of peace is because they fail to fix their eyes on the author of peace. I've got to fix my eyes. Oh, what am I trying to say? Trouble should never distract us from the author, but it should always draw us to the author of peace. Peace. Ah, that means I, I don't, I, and whenever peace, my peace is troubled, it should draw me to Jesus. 
Somebody say, draw me, draw me nearer. I've got to be drawn nearer. The farther we are away from the author, the more anxiety has room in our life. Void of refuge or peace. This is why David said it was good that he was afflicted in Psalm 119.71 because affliction drew him to the author of peace rather than to anxiety. In the face of suffering, we need to ask the Lord to draw us. In the face of sorrow, we need to ask the Lord to draw us. In the face of sickness, we've got to ask the Lord to draw us, draw us nearer, Lord. Because when we are drawn to him, to him, the enemy can't distract us from our peace. Somebody needs to declare in their house, uh, draw me nearer, Lord. I wish I could sing like my wife said. Well, my wife was talking about dancing, but I wish I could just give y'all a little note. I need the Lord to draw me nearer. I want us to consider the first portion of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. The Bible says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. The word author refers to one who is not only the creator of our peace, but the one who is in control of our peace. Ah, stay with me. And herein lies one of the reasons why so many believers fail to find refuge in peace because they're too concerned about the author of confusion rather than fixing their eyes on the one who is the creator and in control of their peace. We get so distracted by the enemy and I hate the language of the church. The enemy is busy. No, the enemy ain't busy. You're just distracted. Stop giving the enemy so much attention and fix your eyes on the one who's the author of my peace. Ah, the, the, oh, the, you know, sometimes I, I celebrate the church of old, but we've got too much rhetoric about the enemy and much of it is based on our eyes. Ah, we got to fix our eyes on Jesus because our ability to find refuge and peace is de determined by our ability to forsake the anxiety where we fix uh, somebody put this in the comment box. Fix your eyes on Jesus. So the first thing I want us to understand is if we want to find this refuge in peace, we've got to forsake anxiety. Here's the next thing I want you to know. Let's look at the next portion of the text. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication. What you don't faithfully ask for, you will never have full access to. And that includes our refuge in peace. Because hear this. When what troubles our peace draws us to him, it should move us to request our desires of him. So here's the second thing I want you to know. We've got to faithfully ask. We've got to faithfully ask. Therefore, the question we've got to ask ourselves, in the face of the author of peace, what do we faithfully ask of him? This is why throughout the Psalms, we find that a request preceded their refuge. There was a request for, for deliverance and re, uh, before refuge in Psalm 31.2. There was this request for distress um, before refuge in Psalm 57 and 1. And there was a request for devotion before refuge in Psalm 62 and 8. Because where there was no request from the Lord, there was no promise to receive. I hope y'all just caught what I just said. If I don't request it, I don't, I'm not guaranteed to receive it. All right? This is why our foundational text says, but in everything by prayer and supplication. That means here, this, this is some good news to somebody. There's no, nothing too small, nothing too irrelevant, and nothing too 
meaningless to request from God. And many of us have failed to make requests because we thought it was too small to request from God. We thought it was too irrelevant to request from God. But the Bible says everything, everything through prayer and supplication. That means anything and everything that troubles our peace, God says requested of me. Oh, that's good news um, to me. I don't know about you. That means uh, I, I, I know we may not say it, but hear this. There's a call that troubles your peace. When some folk call you, it troubles your peace. There's someone's character flaw that troubles your peace. There, 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 there are some things or some contemplations that trouble your peace, and God just says, faithfully ask, and I'll pray, provide refuge for it. Ooh, that, that next time you get that call, say, God, I need some refuge. The next time you're dealing with that one who has a character flaw, ask God for it, for refuge. So hear this. This does not mean, watch this, that they're not annoying anymore. It's just that I ask the Lord not to allow that part of them to trouble my peace. I'm not saying that God going to just move them out of the way, but I'm going, God will give me refuge so that part of me won't trouble my peace. Because your request won't, won't remove it, but your request puts a refuge around you. Oh, that's good news to me. And this is why we must faithfully ask for our peace and refuge. This is why Jesus admonished believers with these words in Matthew 7, verse 7 through 8. Notice what the Bible says. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and he who um, knocks, it will be opened. God gives us permission to request everything. Somebody put that in the comment box, everything. And Matthew 7 and 8 reminds us that permission is given, watch this, to everyone. That means I ain't got to be the bishop. I ain't got to be the apostle. God says I give permission to everyone to ask for everything. And some of us just need to ask for our refuge. That's good news to me because your access to refuge and peace is just waiting on you to faithfully ask. God says whatever is troubling your peace, ask me to create a refuge around you. Ask me to put some shelter, some security, some safety around you so that your peace won't be troubled. Listen, I'm gonna be out your way. I said that we gotta forsake anxiety. I said that we have to faithfully ask. And then I want us to look at the last portion of our text. And with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Your acknowledgement of the source will provide you with access to continual solace. Stay with me. The word thanksgiving in our text is the Greek word which means thankful for God's grace. So this means not only do we acknowledge God for our access to peace here, y'all ain't gonna like this, but we also acknowledge him for the atmosphere that requires peace and keeping us alive despite that atmosphere. Stay with me. Yet many believers only acknowledge them for their access to peace and therefore negate their continual refuge in peace. Stay with me. This is why Proverbs 3 and 6 declares this. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. This word ways in this text is the Hebrew word, which means journey. In other words, the Lord is looking for those who will acknowledge him 
on the journey before their peace. Uh, that, that means grace that maintains us without peace. In the journey on their way to peace. That means grace that moves us to peace. And in the journey in the midst of peace, can you acknowledge him before he sends your refuge? Can you acknowledge him while you wait on refuge? And can you acknowledge him in your refuge? Because if you can't acknowledge God while you wait on peace and on your way to peace, God, well, you won't know how to faithfully steward the peace when you have it. Did y'all just catch what I just said? The reason why many of us don't have this level of refuge because God says you can't acknowledge me while you wait on peace. And God says, matter of fact, you can't acknowledge me on your way to peace. So how will you faithfully steward peace while you're in it? Why is this significant? Because just as he orders your solace, he also orders your steps in the journey. Stay with me. Psalm 37, 23 says this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. This means we need to acknowledge God in our process to peace. Just as we acknowledge God or just as much as we acknowledge God in our place of peace. God, 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 I understand that you've put me in this situation because you've ordered my steps. And God, while I wait on peace, I'll acknowledge you. And God, as you say and begin to take me on the journey towards peace, God, I'll acknowledge you. And God, once you finally give me peace, I'll acknowledge you. God is waiting on you to fully acknowledge him. Our refuge and peace requires that we fully acknowledge him. And many, many folk don't realize this, that God will create atmospheres and environments that cause us to be drawn towards him. And God is saying, God, I, God is just waiting on us to say, God, I see your hand in all of this. And God, I'll wait on you. God, God, I see your hand on all of this, God, and I'll walk with you until I receive my peace. We've got to fully acknowledge him in the journey. And watch this. The issues of life may hurt, but the peace of God ensures that those issues don't harm us. The issue may form, but the issues won't prosper. That's good news to me because there's refuge in peace. This is why David was able to declare in Psalm 4 and 8, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, o Lord make me dwell in safety. In other words, hear this. The troubles of life may, may be present, but the troubles of life won't trouble our peace. I want to get to the place as a believer where I know that the troubles of life may be present, but those troubles won't trouble my peace. This is why we need refuge and peace. Yet this refuge requires that we forsake anxiety, that we faithfully ask, and that we fully acknowledge him. Yet it's not enough for us as believers to abide in the peace of God, or in other words, find refuge, but we need the God of peace to abide with us. I, I, I don't want to just abide in peace, but I want the God of peace to abide with me. And this is why Paul ends verse 9 of Philippians 4 with these words, and the God of peace will be with you. So the question is, how do we ensure God, who is both our refuge and peace, abide with us? Paul, in verse 8 of our foundational text, begins to list the character of God. He calls God true. He calls him noble. He calls him just. He calls him pure. And then he says, meditate on these things. And another translation of that text says to dwell on these things. And hear this, 
You can't dwell on the things of God without first dwelling with the God of the things. Stay with me. I, I, I can't put my heart or my mind on the things of God without first dwelling with the God of the things. Here's what I'm trying to say. Continual refuge in peace requires continued fellowship with the author of peace. And the reason why many of us are failing to find refuge in peace is because we don't dwell with the God of peace. I need to find myself in fellowship with him. God will shelter us from the troubles of life. Give us peace when we run and remain in the strong tower. I know some, somebody don't like this this morning. But God says, I'll be your refuge in peace. But God is saying, I don't just want you to abide in peace, but I want myself, the God of peace, to abide with you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, God, because we're in a season where we're facing many troubles. We're facing many challenges. We're facing things, God, that have crushed us and that have made us cry. And God, we need your refuge. God, you declare, God, that in this life we'll face many troubles. But God, matter of fact, God, you said take heart for you overcome them all. God, we want not to simply abide in peace, but we want the God of peace to abide with us. The one who has overcome every trouble to be with us. So God, we pray, God, for your refuge and peace. Somebody, God, has been distracted this morning. They've taken their eyes off of the author of peace. And God, we pray, God, that we'll fix our eyes on you. God, no matter how much life challenges us, God, we'll keep our eyes fixed on you. No matter how much the enemy wants to distract us, God, we'll keep our eyes fixed on you. God, no matter how many tears we shed, we'll keep our eyes fixed on you. Help us to do so, God. And God, the reason that many of us have not received is because we failed to ask. God, we can't receive from you, God, without a request. So God, we pray, God, that we faithfully ask, God, for our refuge. There's nothing too small, nothing too irrelevant, nothing too meaningless to God to request from you. God, many of us are challenged simply by the calls that we receive. Soon as we see that number on that call ID, God, our peace is in shambles. But the devil is a lie. God will request ref refuge for that. God, there's, there's some contemplations, God. God, matter of fact, God, we're concerned about things that will happen tomorrow. And God, you, you even said, God, don't give no thought for tomorrow, for, for tomorrow has its own troubles. God, let us request refuge for those contemplations that we have. And God, there's some character flaws in people that have challenged our peace. But God, you can create a refuge around us, a security, a safety, a shelter. And God, all we got to do is ask. And God, as we forsake anxiety, God, as we faithfully ask, God, 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 our prayer is, God, that that, that you will allow us to abide in peace. That the God of peace will abide with us. God, we love you, God. We adore you. And God, we need your refuge in this season. 
Help your people, God, we pray. God, we honor you and adore you. God, nothing, God, although troubles may be present, God, those troubles won't trouble our peace because we'll abide with the God of peace. We love you and adore you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And every heart that believes said, thank God. And amen. Amen. At this time, I'm going to ask if Pastor Cole, if you don't mind coming and taking us further in the service. I know somebody may be watching and somebody may be saying that I'm struggling to find peace. But the reason that you don't have peace is because you don't have a relationship with the God of peace. And if that's your, if that's your struggle, and I pray that you may say this morning, I want to be in fellowship with the God of peace. The only way that you can be in fellowship with the God of peace is if you give your life to Christ. If somebody is saying, I need my life to be lorded by Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that you shall be saved. What are you confessing? That you're in need of a Savior. What else am I confessing? That Jesus is that only Savior. And then I'm also confessing that I want that Savior to lord over my life. If that's you and you said you made that confession this morning, that you're a sinner that needs to repent and you're in need of a Savior, that you know that Savior is Jesus and that you want Jesus the Lord of your life, you've made the greatest decision of your life. And listen, the Bible says heaven rejoices when one comes. So if you made that decision, heaven is rejoicing as a result of that confession you made this morning. And we rejoice with you. You may not see us, but we're glad about it. And hear this, I want to pray with you. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, God, for the one who has given their life to Christ, who's made a confession to not simply abide in peace, but abide with the God of peace. God, we have peace when we abide with you and we're in right fellowship with you. Somebody, somebody this morning has made a decision to be in right fellowship with you. So we thank you, God, for their life. Now keep and cover them, God, we pray. God, for the journey is not easy, even as we've learned today, that troubles will be present in life. But as long as the God of peace abides with us, God, that those troubles won't trouble our peace. Thank you, God, for security of peace. But even more, God, thank you, God, for security in our salvation. God, they are now secure. For your word declares, God, that anyone the Father puts in Jesus' hands, no one can take away. So, God, somebody's hands has now been placed in the life of Christ. And we thank you for it, God, we pray. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. At this time, if Pastor Cole could come and take us further in the service. Praise the Lord once again for Pastor Keith. We just want to thank you, everybody, for tuning in on today. Please join us again. But before we sign off, we want to give you an opportunity. Um, you know, some of you have just came into the fold. Some of you have just given your life to Christ, and we thank you for that. And the reason why we can continue to, to broadcast week after week is because of your giving. So we thank God for every person, every dollar, every dime, even the thousands that have came in. We thank God. We want to continue doing ministry. And the only way it's possible is through your giving. Yes, you can log right on for those that don't know to our website, 
hit that give button. It will take you to a secure connection with PayPal, or you can go straight through Cash App, the way Church of TB. That can you can go right there. You know how to use Cash App. I don't have to explain that to you. The way Church of TB. But we thank you for whatever you can do on this week. Whatever you can do on this week. You know, we're done. This, this series by itself, peace, I'm going to have to go over it again. Can you do the same thing? Can you do it with me? Go over this series. Maybe you miss one of the weeks and you're still not finding yourself in peace. But thank God for technology. You can go back, re rewind it, play it again. It's not like the days of old with Betamax, VHS, or DVD right on our Facebook page. And if you haven't, go ahead and link up on our podcast. Those, the series is available on there, too. Just look up The Way Church of Tampa Bay. I promise you, if you Google it, it will pop up. Go ahead and subscribe to that, even on today. We thank you for everybody that did have the chance to give. But, you know, when we sign off, you still can give. Do me a favor. Grab somebody's hand if you if you have someone in your house. Tell them to come over. I just wanna I wanna hold your hand right now. If you're by yourself, believe me, God is there. And as we just end this broadcast with saying, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. Let us abide in your peace right now. There's so many answers to so many questions that you've given us in this series, God. Now let it take root in our spirit. Let not the storms of life that come to rip away your word take part in our spirit, even right now, God. We thank you for all the work that Pastor Keith has done in this series. We thank you for all the people that have tuned in and shared this. So we thank you even right now, God, that we'll have continued peace. Even when we go off of the airways, we thank you right now, God. God, touch Pastor Keith again. Refill him, renew him, renew his spirit, God. Because we know even on this week, there was much trouble, God. So we're reaching out to everyone that needed extra prayer, even on today. And we thank you and bless you. And until next time, we love you. Remember, you can always message us. We'll be looking forward to you and we will respond. And we thank you once again. Looking for you on next week at 10.30 a.m. We got Children's Church coming up this week on Thursday at 4.30. But you know what? All of these announcements will be in the week at the way. So go ahead and look for your inbox, and we'll share all those things with you. Until next time, we love you. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.